from the Public Affairs staff of the Columbus Dispatch. This is Buckeye Forum. Hello and welcome to another convention edition of the Buckeye Forum podcast. I'm Rick Ruon, politics reporter at the Dispatch, joined this time by grizzled news veteran Randy Ludlow, who covers the governor's office and all things state administration. We're here to recap a bit of what we saw from the first night of the Democratic National Convention. We got our fill of personal stories from people hit by the economic crisis, a celebrity host, and of course there was a montage set to a Bruce Springsteen song. Oh, by the way, there were a few political speeches as well, and one or two mentions of the man in the White House. We saw former First Lady Michelle Obama give an address to rave reviews from Democratic Party faithful. Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont appealed to his followers on behalf of former Vice President Joe Biden. And then there was perhaps the most curious speaker of the night, a man Randy is all too familiar with, former Ohio Governor John Kasich, a Republican at the Democratic National Convention. Randy, how did Kasich end up speaking at the DNC? Well, he famously refused to attend the National Convention of his own party in his own state in Cleveland in 2016 out of his objections to Trump. He spent nearly the last four years as a talking head on CNN, in which he has been very critical of Trump, including supporting his impeachment and lambasting him over his handling of the pandemic. So some kind of strange bedfellows arrangement uh, worked out here where Kasich uh, tried to make a case that Biden is a unifier. He's not so much with him on the issues, but believes uh, he will be more inclusive and uh, can help unite the country where he sees Trump as a very uh, divisive and uh, polarizing figure. Kasich alluded to, well, I can't even say that he alluded to, it was pretty on the nose. He was standing at the uh, divergence of two paths. I know that's been a a campaign theme that he's used in the past. Can you talk about that a a little bit and what he sees as the two paths and how that has been part of his previous campaigns? Well, the two paths uh, theme that he likes to embrace, including uh, titling one of his books after that, uh, first cropped up in 2010 when he beat Ted Strickland, in which he stood at the divergence of two roads and said, which path are we going down? The one that he believes leads to good or the one that he believes leads to bad? He used the same analogy last night in remarks videotaped somewhere up near his home in Westerville. And it, it played to uh, okay reviews in some quarters, but of course there was a predictable backlash from some of his fellow Republicans. Former New Jersey Governor uh, Chris Christie called him a backstabber. President Donald Trump called him a loser. So he knew that there was going to be incoming over this, but he truly believes, at least in my interview with him, that he is doing the uh, the right thing and he'll let the politics uh, fall where they may. He feels his party has, has essentially now become so entwined in Trump's base that they dare not speak out. So he felt a need to do so. Yeah, there's some real irony here that John Kasich is now kind of a man without a country. I mean, he is uh, seen, as you just uh, talked about with some of the backlash, as a little bit of a, a pariah within his own uh, within his own party. But then here in Ohio, uh, among Democrats, choosing Kasich to speak at the DNC was a pretty controversial decision. You know, before Portage County Commissioner and former state representative Kathleen Clyde was added to the two 
Tuesday slate of speakers. Uh, Kasich was the only representative of Ohio who was on uh, the, the program at that point. And I know that rubbed a lot of Ohio Democrats the, the wrong way. I mean, they spent eight years fighting uh, tooth and nail with uh, with Kasich o- over policy, most famously that Senate Bill 5 fight very early on uh, around union workers. And so uh, it, it was just, I don't know, it, it was to me pretty shocking to see uh, John Kasich, of all people, be uh, somebody who was speaking at the Democratic National Convention. But a lot changes in four years, I guess. Well, he was, uh, to a certain extent, thrown out of the party uh, beginning at the start of the Trump presidency when Trump backed James Lincoln and they deposed his chosen chairman, Matt Borges, who, of course, now is caught up in in the Householder House Bill 6 scandal. Argument could be made, he he was effectively excommunicated from the party then, and there's no love lost. Uh, Democrats did complain. uh, Why are we giving a Republican uh, more speaking time than many progressives. And indeed, uh, there have been hitbacks at him uh, from both Democrats and, and Republicans over the choice. It was notable. He got more time last night for his videotape remarks than many Democrats and even uh, one-time contenders to Biden. So it's obvious they did place some value in what he uh, said and hope. Uh, he can attract uh, disaffected Republicans to vote for Biden this fall. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what um, Senator Sherrod Brown said yesterday. He met with the media uh, virtually before a lot of the convention activity kicked off on Monday, and uh, he was asked about Kasich and you know. He brought up that in his 2018, in uh, Sherrod Brown's 2018 Senate campaign, that they determined that they needed to peel off one out of every seven um, voters uh, from uh, who voted for Donald Trump two years earlier in 2016. And so, you know, I think they're doing similar calculus this time around and trying to find a way to appeal to some of those voters who, uh, you know, voted for Trump in 2016. And they're they're trying to bring them under the the Democratic tent in 2020. And they thought that somebody like a, a John Kasich, who you know, was fighting Trump for the the nomination. He was the the last man, the second to last man standing in the the Republican nominating process in in 2016. So there's clearly an attempt at an appeal there. So, you know, while Kasich is, you know, hugely controversial among Ohio Democrats, it seemed that uh, Michelle Obama got some pretty rave reviews, at least if you uh, watch the Twitter chatter, not just from Ohio Democrats, but from Democrats around the, the country. What did you take away from Michelle Obama's speech? Well, that was uh, unlike anything I think I've, I've seen before. Uh I'm used to being in the convention halls where it's a much more formal process. You at least have the energy and the input of the crowd in the convention halls. This was a scripted online short bite uh, internet attention uh, span uh, presentation. And indeed, uh, for a former first lady, she went where few have gone before in calling Donald Trump out by name criticizing his total lack of empathy and says he's just the wrong president at the wrong time. He can't get the job done that we need of him. And obviously, coupled with that was very much an appeal to Democrats to vote. Many stayed home in 16 when uh, the election hung in balance on three states and less than 80,000 votes. So they're hoping her appeal, particularly among Democrats' most reliable voter base, African-American women, and also expanding the 
the suburbs can uh, help bring the votes home to potentially uh, help Biden not only in Ohio, but in other swing states like uh, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Yeah, I, I think the most kind of stark takeaway from from that is that you know, she wasn't playing the traditional role of first lady that has seemed to be um, to, you know, be sort of demure uh, in, in her commentary. I mean, she went right after Trump. You you mentioned her, her comment. I mean, her quote was, so let me be honest and clear as I possibly can. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He's had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he's clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. Um, I saw that is what it is, uh, quote, um, taken uh, taken up by a lot of people um, yesterday. I think Amelia Sykes, the House uh, Minority Leader here in Ohio, tweeted it as well. So just uh, found her, her speech to be really interesting, given what we've typically expected out of a, a first lady. Now, Bernie Sanders uh, had his own blistering rebuke for, for Donald Trump, and I don't think that's going to be surprising to, to anybody who has been following this process over the, the last several years, really. Sanders routinely talks about uh, Trump as being corrupt, and he had a, a zinger that was quoted several times last night where he said that uh, when Rome was burning, that Nero fiddled. And uh, he kind of paused for a second and he said that uh, Trump golfs, alluding to Trump's proclivity for getting on the golf course. And he's been criticized by Democrats for that during the pandemic. What did you see in Sanders' speech? I, I know one thing that kind of jumped out to me was that it seemed like he was making kind of a direct appeal to his supporters, which is a, a different posture than he took in 2016. Right. Well, first I would add Michelle Obama's and others' derisive use of it is what it is, is kind of a play on Trump's remark of the same thing. It is what it is in regards to the coronavirus death toll. Right. Uh, Bernie obviously appealed for his progressives to, to line up uh, behind Biden. It was an attempt at unity. The 2016 process obviously was a lot messier affair and ended with a, a lot of ill will and feelings between uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders uh, themselves and their supporters. So they're trying to tamp down uh, that this time around with uh, Sanders saying, uh, hey, listen, we've made some progress here. We've moved some progressive issues into the mainstream. If we don't get behind Biden now, we're going to lose the progress we've made. Indeed, he portrayed it as the future of the planet being at stake, uh, among other things. So that could uh, gender good for Republicans if uh, men get progressive lined up uh, behind Biden. Yeah. And, you know, Sanders talked about several specific policy points that, you know, have been hallmarks uh, of his campaign. Of course, there was $15 minimum wage uh, that he mentioned as something that uh, Biden would, would advance. And then the, the big one, uh, Medicare for all, pretty much the, the biggest disagreement between the two men, you know, Biden has said that he doesn't support a, a Medicare for all policy, but, you know, Sanders acknowledged that on uh, the first night of the convention. But, you know, he said to his supporters that you know, Joe Biden is going to move the ball forward on that. He talked about, you know, decreasing the cost of prescription drugs, lowering the Medicare eligibility age. So it sounds like they've kind of found some some middle ground uh, that Bernie is using to try to get. Uh, Get some of his supporters out to, to vote in 2020 in a way that they didn't in the general election in 2016. 
Right. Well, of course, uh, both uh, Sanders and Kasich's remarks uh, obviously were vetted by the DNC and, and senior Biden campaign people. For sure. And from Sanders to Kasich, they're kind of signaling, hey, listen, uh, Biden is a moderate. He, he's not going to go, you know, far out to the liberal wing here. He's willing to discuss these issues, but uh, that the greater electorate uh, need not worry of him uh, casting his lot with uh, progressives uh, like Alexandria or Bernie, that, that it's a work in progress. And that's a uh, significant departure from the way that Donald Trump is now trying to paint Joe Biden, you know, I was on a call yesterday with some folks from the Ohio uh, Republican Party, Jane Timken and uh, Representative Bob Gibbs, and they repeatedly were using words like radical and communist and, you know, the the sorts of things that you've heard people say about Bernie Sanders and now to uh, try to put those labels on uh, Joe Biden by association. You know, those are going to be themes that I think we continue to see throughout the campaign. But that's all that we have for you guys for today. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Buckeye Forum. I would encourage you to go to dispatch.com and read all of our uh, convention coverage along with all the other great stories that, that we have there and in print. Randy has coverage from uh, night one of the, the convention and we will uh, continue to cover this throughout the week and we'll be covering the RNC next week. So thank you again for listening. Thank you.